You're listening to Wisdom of the Ages, the show that taps into the many expressions of universal, ancestral, and personal wisdom to ignite evolutionary consciousness. Welcome and blessings. This is Anne Kate Sullivan, host of Wisdom of the Ages, and I'm also the author of the Legends of the Grail series for those who seek inner wholeness. We all need to find that inner grail, right? And also the sparkle series for children of all ages, all these children who refuse to give up their inner light, their sovereignty, their sparkle. And I mean, why shine when you can sparkle? I'm also the host of a new podcast here on the Super Power Up Network called Messages of Infinite Light, where we explore solutions for an evolving humanity. I'm doing a series right now with Mirabai Davy that's really fun. It's all about what happens when you're spiritually awakening and how we can support each other in the massive changes that are taking place on the earth. So you can check out all of my books and messages and join my newsletter on ankatesullivan.com or infinitelightpublishing.com. So let's create a community. Let's stay in touch. All right. So today is a, a subject I'm really passionate about. It's fun. It's hemp. Now, you know, I've really felt for a long period of time that hemp could save the world, right? So let's let's chat about it. So I have a deep love and respect for nature and the healing that can occur naturally. I really believe in it. So today we're going to speak about a plant that I think has been really misunderstood, and it's a plant that could help us a lot. So, so let's delve into this. There are many ways hemp can impact us and can impact the planet. So a few things I can think of, and I'm going to ask my guest (laughs) in a minute uh, what else he can think of, but hemp can be used to create wooden paper. I really like this in the publishing industry. I don't like this idea of cutting down trees. You know, let's let's create paper for books and, you know, all the different products we use. We can leave the the trees where they need to be. We We can plant more trees and the hemp can, can save our forests. So Hemp can also help with carbon emissions. It, it traps carbon in the in the air into the plants, and it reduces air pollution. It can be used as a biofuel. Can you imagine hemp stations? I, I, I can already see it. I love it. You know, healing the planet one mile at a time. Yes, um, it can grow anywhere, just about. So it can really support sustainable farming. Good for crop rotation. Good for healing the microbes in the soil. It's resistant to pets. I mean, well, actually pets probably like it. Pests is what I meant. Um, so you, um, you know, we have crops like cotton that require quite often a lot of pesticides, but hemp doesn't require any of that. No pesticides, no herbicides. It needs less water to grow. Ah, this is a good thing too for the West Coast. It also means that we could wear uh, chemical-free clothing. So it's healthier for us. It grows in all kinds of terrains. It helps increase, uh, as I said, the, the microbes, the, the life in the soil. It can be a building material so we can create hempcrete. I really want to do a hempcrete building. I think it's awesome. And, uh, you know, and then I guess I'm assuming that would make it recyclable too. You build this building, it lasts for, I don't I know one building's lasted 300 years, but um, anyway, I also like to make smoothies with hemp seeds. I put hemp seeds in my smoothies. If I get hungry, I can put some hemp seeds and water in my blender and I have hemp milk. Wow. Presto. And apparently hemp contains as much protein as soybeans. Gosh, we can, oh, here we go. We don't have to go hungry. So I also understand there's a healing component to hemp and, and we can go into CBD, what that's all about. So my guest today is, is Noah Hammond Terrell. He's CEO of Feel Good Hemp. When his father got sick, Noah got busy figuring out how to help him. Good idea. So when we return from this break, we're going to hear Noah's empowering story and how we can all learn to feel good and help save the planet. So right now, just go over to feelgoodhemp.org, check it out. There are courses, there's all kinds of information there. Check it out and we'll find out more about the healing powers of hemp. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wisdom of the Ages. And if you love exploring the mysteries of this wonderful world, go and find out lots more episodes on superpowerexperts.com slash wisdom of the ages. Okay, here we go into the interview. Welcome, Noah. Hello, Em. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. I love it. So tell us the story of what happened with your dad. Absolutely. It was uh, quite an experience, to say the least. So my wife and I were newly married and living in LA, and we get the call that no one wants to get, which is, hey, Noah, your dad is is really sick and he's in the hospital and you got to get down here right now, here being San Diego. Uh, so we, we get, you know, pack up and get down there right away. And he's, you know, up on the hospital bed. His color is atrocious. He looks damn near dead and practically is. And the doctors gave us uh, uh, the diagnosis that it was stage four liver cancer. He had a tumor on his liver about the size of a mini football and they gave him three months to live. They did not give him a treatment protocol. They did not give him a percentage of a possible positive outcome. They just said, you have three months to live. This is our diagnosis. And this is what we can, you know, this is what we offer you. Luckily, though, uh, being a spiritual life and business coach and a constant seeker of wisdom myself, I had already done trainings and and, uh, workshops with holistic healers who've healed all kinds of crazy, unhealable things um, from crazy autoimmune disorders to stage four cancers and everything in between. So I didn't take it for face value, like a lot of the other parts of people who were hearing the news were, right? Because we all get that authority effect from the doctor sometimes. But uh, so I went home and I thought, what? Okay. My dad, you know, he grew up in Queens, New York. He can be stubborn at times. What am I going to get this dude to do? Because he's not going to go on a raw vegan diet. He's not going to use the Gerson diet. Like, you know what I mean? He's not going to go to these extreme, like what can, what's the 80, 20. And what we came up with was two things. One being vegetable juicing, um, particularly with lots of beets and carrots because they're really cleansing and healing for the liver specifically. Um, and the other, and, and also my wife had cured her Epstein-Barr syndrome using primarily juicing and broths. So, and there's documentaries about, we just knew, you know, putting in the raw nutrition and the raw prana, the life force that his body needed to rebuild itself, that that would be the fastest, easiest way for him to assimilate that. And then the other thing we decided to go with was a hemp oil protocol, which a lot of people know is a Rick Simpson protocol because of this Canadian guy, Rick Simpson, who repopularized it using cannabis to heal cancers and things like that. And so we found an oil maker. And as soon as my dad was home from the hospital, we started administering hemp oil, both THC and CBD. And to make a long story short, six weeks later, after doing 20 to 40 ounces a day of veggie juice and a high CBD and an increasing amount of THC every week protocol with the hemp oil, uh, the tumor shrunk by over 30%. And wow. so we knew we were on to something and, and we can't discount as well that there was a lot of prayer going on. We were holding him in the light. We had multiple spiritual communities holding him in the light. Uh, we were, you know, a lot of people were praying for him and we are all connected. So we can't neglect to mention that. And yeah, long story short, like I said, four months later, uh, instead of dead, he was completely cancer free and not a shred of tumor tissue left, not a shred of anything in his blood work or his MRIs. And he's been that way for four plus years, you know, taking MRIs and blood work every three months. Now they've switched it to every six months because he's just been cancer-free, cancer-free, cancer-free. And um, you can't ever call them cured in the modern Western uh, establishment, but, you know, he, he's, he's been in remission <laughs> for, <a long laughs> permanently for four That's plus really years. Interesting. You know, I had something really similar with my dad. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, gosh, what year is this? So I think it was 1999. He was diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma cancer, and then it was lymphatic cancer. And he had, his liver was okay, but he had, um, they they gave him, they said 0% survival rate. And um, so we did something similar where it was, we did the prayer group. I think the prayer group is really powerful too. I mean, power of eight, right? Just get eight people together and pray for somebody. Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. We did the Gearson diet. Mm. And um, I have actually no idea if he used hemp at that time or not. He might've, 
But anyway, um, he completely recovered and he, he did die in 2018, but it wasn't a cancer. He, he died of something completely different. He was quite old at the time, but right um, on. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it can happen. I mean, hundred <laughs> percent. And I'm, I'm, it's not to shame anyone who doesn't get that kind of outcome, who goes for that kind of outcome, because, yeah. you know, there's a it's divine plan happened. to everything. Um, yeah. And it's very clear and obvious to me from being through this experience that there is an absolute suppression of the many ways we can approach beating this disease that is affecting so many Americans. And you, do you know that in the, in the East, I think specifically in China, or I'm not sure which country, but they call cancer Westerners disease. Have that you heard this? I, it does make sense to me. I, yeah. I mean, when I, when I lived in the UK, I actually, joined a healing group. We, we had the national federation of spiritual healers, which I thought was amazing. I was like, Oh, you were in a country where you can actually go to hospitals and do spiritual healing. This is fantastic. And we, um, the woman that I was working with started a a company called new approaches to cancer. So I think it still goes on. It's in, uh, in, in London, I believe, or in, in the, uh, somewhere in, in Southern England. And, um, anyway, new approaches to cancer, because they have national health, so they're not making any money off cancer, right? Right. Um, you can go and and talk to researchers about what would be better for your cancer because it, apparently there are times when when you need chemo radiation. There are other times when you, I mean, Gerson diet will be you know supposedly Charlotte Gerson says she has a hundred percent success rate stage one cancer, breast cancer. You know, mm-hmm. but I think what what really needs to happen is I'm not a doctor, I don't really know, but what I what I think needs to happen is that we need to be able to have conversations about it and try things out and, and be honest about what we're seeing and what works, what doesn't work. Cause it's true. Like everyone that I knew that did Gears and I didn't recover. A lot of people did, but yeah. it all depended on the cancer, the stage and, and all these other things. So I hope we can, we can have more converse, open conversations like we're having right now. It's like, let's check it out. Let's, See what's true. You're, you're absolutely right because it's an it's a systemic problem. It, it when my dad, who you know, he worked with liver cancer specialists, which in America has to be the most depressing job you could possibly have. Literally specialize in watching most of your patients die, and some of them live a little bit longer or a, a number of years longer with a lot of you know a lot of treatment along the way. Um, but when he told them at first what we did they literally put their hands up in his face and said, sir, if you think you got some sort of placebo effect from some of the things you tried, that's great. We don't want to hear about it. Yeah. But I will say to their credit that two years later of every three months, clean blood work, clean MRIs, clean blood work, clean MRIs. They Mm -hmm. finally said, what'd you say you did again? (laughs) Oh, okay. Juicing, hemp oil. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Right. And so it's just, it's, you know, there's sort of a, a medical fraternity in the United States. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it's very similar to a fraternity. You go and you do your, your uh, you know, your hours when you're first on and you're up all crazy hours. You're being like hazed into the medical establishment. And especially as of late, more and more increasingly, uh, authoritative rules and protocols are coming from the top down. So all these people with a heart to heal and a, and a mind for service are really sort of being put into a system that they can't change. And that's the unfortunate part. But um, I do think that uh, the establishment is ripe for reinvention, especially mm-hmm. here in America. We spend the most on healthcare out of any country in the world, and we're the sickest country in the world. And so it's it's obvious that it's not quite working. Um and yeah, so th- it, we got a positive outcome though. And, and I'm not going to totally uh, discredit uh, Western medical. It has some great merits and benefits and times where it's absolutely clutch. So I don't want to come off like I'm, you know, all one way or the other. It's, mm-hmm. it's really about um, finding what intuitively makes sense for the situation you're in. And most importantly, I think having an open mind, because especially, you know, the boomer generation and maybe even Gen Z, they're very indoctrinated to like what the doctors say, that's what we do. And that's what's right. And um, if we had listened to the doctors, my dad would have been a goner, period, Mm -hmm. right? We would have closed up shop and started prepping for his funeral, right? So Mm -hmm. I just think that's the most important message is to get 
second opinions, not only from other medical doctors, but also alternative health practitioners. And, you know, I'm not either of those things. I'm simply a person with an open mind and a constant uh, thirst for wisdom and knowledge. And, you know, none of this is new. This is all ancient wisdom. Cannabis and hemp has been used medically for 4,000 plus years documented, right? So we know that we've always been using this plant and it's only, I mean, even if in the 1920s, millions of medical prescriptions contained cannabis in them. And it's only in the last hundred years that we were suppressing this and making it illegal. I mean, George Washington, our founding father was a hemp farmer. He had a hemp farm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I can get into why it's so yeah. valuable. Like you were talking about all the things in, about why hemp is so useful. Um, medically, we are meant to interface with this these compounds called cannabinoids, uh, which is CBD is a cannabinoid, THC is a cannabinoid. There's over 114 different cannabinoids in the hemp plant. Um, well, we have what's called our endocannabinoid system or our ECS. And science only discovered it in the early 90s. But basically, it's a system of receptor sites that's throughout our entire body. It's in every organ, every everywhere. It's in our bones. It's in our blood. It's in our immune system. It's in every major organ, our brain, our heart, our lungs. It's everywhere. And this ECS, these receptors, they're responsible for basically regulating the harmony of each body system. And we make our own cannabinoids called endocannabinoids, whereas CBD or THC, these are phytocannabinoids because they come from plants, but they're very similar compounds. And this is, again, so natural that mother's breast milk has cannabinoids in it. Mother passes cannabinoids to baby. And our body functions harmoniously when we have enough cannabinoids circulating. And so the real miracle is not CBD because I know you've probably heard about it for, oh, it helps people sleep. It helps people with pain. It helps people um, even with seizures. It helps people with uh, Crohn's disease and gut issues. It helps people with early neurocognitive degenerative disorders like early onset dementia and Alzheimer's. It helps people with all these things, weight management, blood sugar management. It's like, how could it do all this stuff? It's like, well, it's not doing all this stuff. Your body does all this stuff naturally with its own ECS. It's just, if it's depleted of cannabinoids, it stops functioning. And wherever the weakest link is, is where, you know, you see your symptoms. So that might be chronic pain or that might be anxiety or depression or whatever else. Right. And then when you nourish the ECS, your body gets back into its own homeostasis and you see relief from your symptoms simply because you gave your body what it needed. And um, that's the way I like to talk about it because uh, I don't think it's being talked about much, right? People think about CBD and they know that it comes from the hemp plant or the cannabis plant. So they think about it like, oh, it's kind of like THC, like you take it and you have an experience. And it's like, yeah, maybe the first couple of times you take CBD, you'll really feel like, oh, I'm super relaxed, right? But I take it every night. It doesn't change my state. I just noticed that if I stop taking it, my body isn't working as optimally. I don't have quite as much energy, quite as much focus. I don't sleep quite as well. I don't have as much of a totally pain-free body. Maybe I'll notice a little sciatic kicking in or something, right? So I like to recommend CBD to people as like, um, you take it like you take vitamin D3, right? It's just a, a smart supplement to take for optimal wellness ongoingly. Um, and yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I'm really happy to be on shows like yours where we can, you know, have a dialogue about it. Yeah. To actually, actually check it out. So what about all these other things that hemp does? I mean, we talked about sustainable farming and, you know, have, have you explored some of that too? Absolutely. I mean, uh, in the early twenties before prohibition, uh, uh, Henry Ford was making plastics out of hemp. They were so oh. strong. You could hit them with a sledgehammer and they wouldn't dent. Oh, wow. Right? And we're, and we're, and so, and, and they were lighter than steel. And so, I mean, from building, like you mentioned, from building materials to feeding uh, people with nutritious food, by the way, hemp seeds are, are deeply nutritious. And this is a huge part of how we used to say naturally well, right? If there's fields of hemp and the cows eat the hemp and you have a steak, you just got some more cannabinoids in your body and your body's more happy, right? So, and, and, and cannabinoids aren't only in the hemp plant. They're in lots of different plants. They're, they're in citrus peels. They're in, uh, they're in hops. They're in places that 
you know, we used to have a more diverse diet, a more seasonal diet, a more local diet. Uh, we used to have maybe hundreds of different vegetables available to us, or even hundreds of different strains of a single type of vegetable available to us. Whereas over time it keeps getting, okay, there's two kinds of tomatoes that are sold. Well, there used to be 14 different kinds of tomatoes or 30 kinds of tomatoes, right? There's one kind or two kinds of, of this when there used to be 25 kinds of winter squash, right? So it's, um, because of our lack of diversity of what we're eating and because of the last hundred years of prohibition, you know, the hemp only got re-legalized in 2018, which is right around when we finished uh, helping my dad. So what actually happened was we uh, got super familiar, obviously, with the hemp oil and the CBD because of what we did with my dad. And my wife, who's a sound healer and a yoga teacher, was hosting a sound bath where we play the gong and the singing bowls and do vibrational medicine for people. And we offered CBD as like an upsell. And most of the people took it and we just had the absolute best sound bath, like the, the peace <laughs> and the calm and the relaxation in the room was fantastic. And uh, so then at the end of it, we said, Hey, we've got some doses left over, you know, two for one. We sold out of everything in a minute. And the next morning, my wife popped up out of bed and she's like, I can't sleep. And she usually loves to sleep in. So it was weird. And we're sitting on the porch having a matcha and she's like, I think we should start a hemp business, you know, CBD <laughs> business. Like, I think that's a great idea, you know, and this is right when things were becoming legal. So I remember my first trip to the post office, it was like, it was like passing, but it hadn't passed. And I was like, oh, all nervous. They're like, what's in the bag? I'm like, oh, it's supplements, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, so this is so brand new. And I think that's why it's so important to, to get these kinds of conversations out there because we're hearing hype all over the place. People don't know what makes a good product. There's tons of shysters out there. Mm. And, um, you know, but this is really, it's medicine, right? And and it doesn't get you high and it, it can give you, I mean, I was being interviewed just a couple of weeks back by this woman who had such bad Crohn's disease at the beginning of this year that she was bedridden with horrible oh. symptoms, couldn't work, couldn't get hardly out of bed. Mm. And five days of taking hundred milligrams of CBD per day, she was almost completely symptom-free. And within weeks, she was completely symptom-free just from taking CBD and has been since it saved her life. Right. And, and so, and I I get these stories all the time. I mean, this is not a unique thing. Right. And so it's, you know, there's a lot of effort being made to constantly regulate this industry um, from, from the building practices to the growing practices, to, to what you can say, how you can advertise. Right. I'm not allowed to say on my site, the things that this thing does for all my clients or I could lose my payment processing, right? It, it, there's so much, even now that it's legal, there's still so much effort to suppress, 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 you know, because big pharma can't patent it and they can't charge you 6,000 markup percent on it. Like they're doing with people's insulin and whatever else they choose to. And, you know, so they're, they're fighting it and trying to make their own chemical synthetic versions of THC and CBD and whatever else. And, uh, yeah, it's got to get the medicine out to the people. And and like you said, it could transform the planet to embrace hemp, uh, not only in the in our own health and wellness, but certainly in in uh reducing uh our impact on the planet as we go about our humanness and build our buildings and make our cars and feed our ourselves and and all the things. The one thing that really strikes me is that uh, who was it? Who was it? I mean, I just, it's, it's a conversation that's having right now is that our health is really the soil. If I, if we have healthy soil. Oh, Sadhguru is talking about that big okay. time right now. Okay. Because, you know, we, we think about it. We've spent all this time trying to get rid of the dandelions, which are another herb that are just amazing. They help all kinds of different ways. Right. So we, mm-hmm. you know, and thistles and all of these plants that are, you know, these wild edibles that we actually really need to learn something about. Weeds. And Weeds. <laughs> isn't it funny weeds. though that hemp is a weed too? Yeah. And isn't it? I. I mean, isn't it genius that God designed all these weeds that grow like weeds, meaning they grow everywhere and they they're freaking resilient and they're super essential. Like when you're walking around countries that haven't prohibited like prohibited um, cannabis, like India, you'll just be walking through a town and then you'll be like, oh, that's a giant field of wild growing hemp and cannabis over there, like. No one planted that or tended to that or did anything for that to be there. It's just there. You know where to go get your medicine. (laughs) 
exactly. <laughs> it's not <laughs> nearly the same thing as the strains we've uh, cultivated and, sure. and bred over here. I mean, the THC concentration in those strains might be 1% per volume. Whereas, you know, we've cultivated strains that are 36% THC, you know, for the people who are the, the THC enthusiasts. Um, so it's not the same thing, <laughs> but it's cannabis and it's just growing there. You know, I was thinking of this Irish story when I um, was preparing for the for the talk today or the interview today. Um, there's a story about this goddess named um, Aramid, and she was the daughter. Do you know this one? She was the mm -mm. daughter of the Celtic healer Diane Kecht. And it's kind of a brutal story because his son, Mitch, was an amazing healer and he had gathered all the, the seeds and the plants of the world. Oh, actually, this is probably Ireland, but all those seeds of that particular region and had put them together. And I think there were, if I remember correctly, there were 360 all together that would cure everything. Mm. And Diane Keck, the God of healing was so angry with it that he actually, he actually threw it all to the winds because he didn't, why the God of healing didn't want everybody to heal. I've never quite figured that part out yet, but, mm. but it was as though healing was meant to be a mystery. That's something that we were meant to maybe quest for, or learn about. It wasn't meant to be you know, maybe for your right. father, healing was a quest. You know, and if for my my father was going through all kinds of realizations and and mm. um, you know, he thought about the things where he had been off track and wanted to change his life again, people he needed to make amends with, and you know, just it was a or healing has many many layers to it. Absolutely, I, I think that's what that story points to. Is yes, we have the 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 plants and now, you know, chemicals, like there are times when we need the chemicals too, or, you know, but the thing is we need to be able to tune in to what is really needed for each and every one of us. And it seems like really pivotal right now on this planet that's been kind of sprayed and killed and, you know, <laughs> yeah. how do we create a new, um, or I guess as humanity awakens, how do we live here on this planet? you know, between, uh, some of the things you're talking about and, uh, alternative home building strategies, like what you see with earth ships, if you've seen those, mm -hmm. um, in, you know, in Taos, New Mexico, and, and they built them all over the world. I mean, we, there's absolutely no doubt that we can live, uh, in complete harmony with this planet and, and with ourselves, ultimately, you know, this, we're not killing anything but ourselves. This planet will go on well beyond us. It's about whether or not we go on. And, you know, when you weak, it's, we don't even notice how much we're weakening our, our population generation by generation. But if, if you just throw on a quick video and you look at the beach in the 1970s and you look at the people on the beach and then you drive down to the beach right now and you look at the people on the beach you're like holy crap we are sick we are weak things are getting worse and i mean it has a lot to do with um too many chemical additives and all these things in our food it has a lot to do with the the, the depleting nutrition in our food it has a lot to do with um the massive increase in vegetable super processed vegetable oils that people are taking that um are they 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 basically rot inside our bodies super fast and, and make us weak and make ourselves weak. I mean, people are inflamed and people are sick. And um, at the same time, I feel really inspired to say that uh, it's all absolutely perfect. Like your story illustrated, like the goddess of healing came in and said, take all this and throw it away because there's a journey for people to have. And some people the we would, if we just laid it all out for them, if there was actually a perfect education system, if there was actually a perfect healing medical establishment, if there was actually um, a political system in place that was actually for the people and wasn't beholden to financial interests. If there was actually all the things that we see are totally broken, what would we have? Well, we'd have peace on earth and goodwill towards all. And, and that sounds fantastic. And uh, people like us are, are holding the light and, and transforming ourselves to move towards that. And we are moving towards that because we're in an age of enlightenment. We're in, you know, the age of Aquarius quite literally right now and all these things. And th this piece of content has just been coming to me these last couple of days. 
duality is not only necessary, but it's self-perpetuating. And, and so duality is not just that there's strength and weakness, light and dark, hot and cold. I, I literally just started realizing that strength attracts weakness and weakness attracts strength. And there's so many countless examples. I mean, it's literally the second law of thermo, thermodynamics that order attracts chaos. You only have to look at your dining room table. When you make it nice and neat, how long does it stay that way before there's things on it and there's stuff sitting there and all these things? Unless you put energy into the system, unless you clean it again, it trends towards chaos. A clean table attracts you to put things on it and make it not clean, right? And then when when it's dirty, it attracts you to clean it. And we've all heard the wisdom that the the only constant is change, right? So the only actual peace, the only actual healing, the only actual, like, I am good no matter what, it comes from within. And everyone who's walking a path of light has been exposed to that wisdom, right? So while we all hold in our hearts this vision of a humanity where all war is completely gone, all poverty is completely gone, all ignorance is completely gone, all malice is completely gone, maybe we'll get there. It will only last for a moment. And God will say, what a beautifully boring world this is. And then something will happen to move us back into an age of darkening again, because we didn't come here to be in the light. We are the light. We're from the light. We know the light so, so well. We came here to experience contrast and change and hardship. And um, yeah, I just feel like that was very liberating for me to realize because people like us, uh, of course, we want to fix humanity's problems. And there could be no higher use of our time and energy to do so, right? Of course, I'm not telling people to just like give up and find your own inner peace, find your own inner peace, and then radiate that light out to as many people (laughs) as you can in every way you can conceive. Absolutely. And don't think for a second that that, that that's for anyone other than you, right? Like, because for another person, their perfect journey could be, yeah, I got super inflamed. I got wicked cancer at the age of 30. I was overweight by 300 pounds. And they found something new out about themselves by having that experience. Does it mean we should let people do that? Like uh, that we should just not try to fix the problems that we see on this planet? Like, no, of course not. And we have to recognize and we'll stop contributing to the problems in a big way if we realize how perfect it all is. You know, because there's so many people who are, you know, they're they're of good intentions. You could even call this maybe an aspect of the woke mob, right? Like they have good intentions, but their uh, voracious desire to try to force an outward change to the things that they perceive as negative or wrong, it is actually creating more anger, more malice, more disharmony, right? Like people are going to do what they're going to do. And with duality, right? That's definitely the problem that Dan, and there's also unity consciousness, you know, where that duality piece dissolves. Totally. (laughs) Right. That's the, that's the awakened view. You know, as you were speaking, I was, I was really thinking about, do you know the Greek story, the Greek myth of, um, of Aquarius, of, of how Aquarius was created? It's actually really interesting. So Zeus fell in love with a boy Named Ganymede and the Greek days, all this was this was fine, right? So he right. decided to um, to take this this boy up into um, Olympus, and um, he wanted him to serve as his cupbearer. He wanted him to take wine to the gods, so he was kind of his slave. And uh, Ganymede, at a certain point, got really fed up with serving wine to the gods to these beings who were apparently better than him. Mm -hmm. And he threw down the cup of the gods and broke it. And, you know, you would have thought that maybe Zeus would have had him annihilated for that, uh, you know, rebellion. But instead, he understood that what humans really wanted was to be free. And Mm -hmm. so he, he, he turned him into the constellation Aquarius. That's the Greek myth. But there's something I think going on right now about, you know, I don't know what we get involved in all this woke stuff, but what I think was really going on is that people want to feel sovereign. They want to feel free. They want to break out of shackles, whether those are chemical shackles or whether, you know, whatever they are. And who knows how much is done intentionally and how much we've just been out of touch and gone astray. I don't really know, but 
But it does seem now that we're in this new time period that freedom is really important. Freedom to take care of our own health, freedom to speak, free, just freedom. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And freedom is what's at stake, in my opinion, right now in this world. Like there is a concerted effort to um, destroy freedom, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and then there are people who are seeing through it. And I mean, I don't think more freedoms from people have ever been taken in modern history than in these last couple of years through this pandemic. And it was done through the guise of helping people and 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 through the guise of telling people this is you know how we get through this together and and be a good person and and go along with it or you don't care about other people and that makes you a bad person and at the end of the day i think freedom to choose what you would like to choose you know during this pandemic i actually ended up moving out to the mountains in utah and you know it it's it's not a red or blue thing. It's not a conservative or liberal thing. Like I hate that it all got made political. It's not about that. It's about the principles of the country. America were founded on this idea of freedom. And I know it's totally hypocritical because they're like freedom for all, unless at that time you were black, then there was slavery. Right. But the, the principle still stands and, you know, we've learned and we've grown and we've evolved and we've gotten better at actually taking those principles and making them reality. And so in this state, for example, they never forced all the gyms to close, forced all the restaurants to close, forced all the, you know, they, they put in some restrictions and everyone was up to their own thing, but there was still the freedom to choose. And literally I knew a guy, bodybuilder came from New Hampshire and moved all the way to damn Utah just so he could keep going to the gym. And he had to do that. (laughs) He's a bodybuilder. This is his life. This is what he does. And so he had to move thousands of miles just to be able to continue to choose for himself what he does. And it's kind of hilarious that we, you know, we were living in a world where like, no adults, no, you're not sovereign. You don't get to choose basic things like your own risk factors or levels of exposure or what you think is fine for you to choose. Right. Um, and I know that there's a million people who I don't want to go into that whole, into all the nuances that have been nuanced for these last several years, but yes, Freedom is the most important thing. And I think, I think where the maybe the negative aspects of the woke movement come from is they're trying to assert their freedom by changing what's out there instead of changing their experience in here. And you'll never find freedom out there. Just ask, you know, the multiple billionaires committed suicide last year. When you talk about freedom out there. That's the epitome of it. Billions of dollars in resources. You can do whatever you want on this planet. You can get away with murder quite literally, right? You can do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. You can see whatever you want. You can create a, a, a you know, a, you can fly into space for yourself and just see what that's about, right? So why are these people off themselves? Well, because they haven't found freedom in, in here. They haven't found, and the human condition is something I've been deeply studying for 15 plus years, like voraciously because of my own experience of it malfunctioning and being like, why did I do that? And, you know, so in college, I did a lot along with my engineering degree. I did like a minor in psychology and social dynamics. And I was just voraciously self-learning. I became a coach straight out of college and, and all these things. Um, But it's it's complex in here between our mental body, our emotional body, our physical body, our spiritual body, our auric field, our all the different ways you can sort of put a system to the complexity that is being human with our five limited senses and our sixth blossoming sense, right? Uh, it's a lot to navigate. And then you talk about wounding in this life, and then you talk about epigenetics and ancestral wounding and all these things. And like the average person didn't learn any of this anywhere in any part of life, right? Like nowhere was the emotional intelligence class taught in school, right? So, um, but that's what's really being asked of us right now. And so I think a lot of what we're seeing that looks toxic in where people are like coming from the right intentions, but they're sort of just screaming at people and violating other people's freedoms and rights to choose for themselves. Um, it's, it's this desire to find peace within ourselves that is, we don't have a conversation for that in the mass culture. So it naturally gets projected into, I will find peace when you stop doing this. Or when this thing out here changes and they sort of just come across as like fledgling little babies 
who aren't taking responsibility for their own emotional experience and their own um, peace and harmony. Right. And so a little psychology comes in handy, you know, where you're like, let me explain something about projection and object <laughs> relations. And, you know, I mean, a little psycho, everyone should study a little bit of psychology so we can realize that. I mean, it is the study of the ego, but we should understand how the ego operates. Right. Definitely. Because <laughs> so we can at least befriend it and, and, and have it function in harmony for our purpose and our, and our Dharma. I mean, one thing I've really noticed about, about spiritual healing, when people have awakening, especially if the awakening is really fast, first of all, they think they've gone crazy. <laughs> I went through that. Right? There's this, uh-oh, we're living in a multidimensional universe. This is my mind's blown and everything's holographic. So there's just, there's a, a period of time where you're really trying to, to integrate this new reality. And I think right now it's really important not to go into fear. That's one of the reasons I do the podcast is I'm like, let, let's just not go into fear. Let's just stay really curious about what's going on. I don't have the answers, but let's just explore oh. together because together we're creator beings. We can figure it out. Right. And I, and I do really believe there's an awakening. I mean, a global awakening going on and that we will it might take some time, but we're going to, we're going to have our hemp fields, you know, we're going to have our hemp free. We're going to, we're going to come up with some new solutions that we're going to help people get healthy again. I, I really hope, cause I know, you know, we're at the edge right now, but, Absolutely. Um, but that's what I see. I mean, when I really, when I really sit with it, with my heart, I'm like, I know we're eternal beings, but I also know that, um, this country, the United States is an amazing country and it is based on freedom. I really believe yeah. in this country. And then I really believe that we can lead the way. Um, Absolutely. That's what, that's what we do yeah. here. I mean, as, as much as it's done toxic things and negative outcomes and, oh my gosh, you know, our military presence, blah, blah, blah. Like the people who started this country are some of the bravest, most exceptional souls who ever walked the planet. Like when you talk about the things that they did, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey and I remember being a, a little boy taking field trips to these fields where George Washington walked soldiers through in the middle of the winter and where these guys lived while they're fighting the British military, who at the time was the dominant global superpower. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, damn, were these people brave and strong? Like a Jersey winter is no joke. Right. I don't know where they were getting their food from. I don't know how well fed they were. I don't know, but the amount of hardship that they dealt with and, and the bravery. And one thing that I think is super uh, inspiring to remember is the 3%. Uh, if you've heard this, so do you know, I already ruined it, but the amount of Americans who actually took up arms and fought against the British empire during the revolution, it's 3%. That was it. That's it. Wow. People have this imagination, like most people did it. Like we all had to show up for that. No, it was 3%. Lots of people were just sitting in the King's corner. Like, oh, the King is right. Don't go against the King. I would never go against the Redcoats. Like Redcoats don't bother me. Uh, a lot of people were just non-combatants, right? For women and children, whatever. Uh, a lot of people just didn't want to be bothered. A lot of people thought it was the wrong thing to do. A lot of people were scared. A lot of people were frightened. A lot of people were confused. 3% knew this needed to be done and did it. And I think that's really inspiring for the coming uh, global awakening and peace. That's It's not coming, it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And that's why it looks so wonky. That's why these legacy power brokers that own these massive corporate conglomerates that own literally all the mainstream media, it's, it's a fact, it's not a conspiracy. You can go and look it mm -hmm. up. Um, they're pushing fear so hard right now because love is winning the day. And they, <laughs> they literally know it. They literally know that they're losing. But what's an animal going to do when it's losing its life? It's going to fight the hardest it can fight just naturally because these are egoic structures. So they don't know themselves beyond the body and the mind. They don't know themselves beyond their existing reality. They're, they're very, they're fickle. Right. So they're fighting the hardest fight they can. They're talking about global famines and they're talking about COVID number seven is coming and COVID number eight is coming. And it's just, oh my God, climate change, climate change. This planet is, is literally boiling. We're dying. Like, and, and if you just turn it off and you just tap into your heart and you just get real with where you're at and where, how you feel, like, I believe that at least if you're part of the three percenters, you'll find within you a knowingness 
that immense goodness is coming to this planet like we've never seen before. Like I know it in my being. Um, the amount of technology that is coming down the pipeline that it's already actually here, a lot of it being suppressed is phenomenal. And I mean, when we talk about releasing things like free energy and transforming the way we do everything in every industry because we transform our energy systems, that alone changes every aspect of the game. And, and those technologies are proven to be here, right? There's there's mm-hmm. no lack of evidence if you go searching for it, that we have alternative means of energy that don't pollute and that are epically more effective. I mean, orders of magnitude more effective and more powerful. And you know, Including you only have him. to look at what <laughs> thanks it included and, and yeah, exactly, like <laughs> hemp and things, ways to build things and ways to make mm-hmm. things. And I mean. The earthships and Taos, like I brought it before, you can yeah. build a structure in a way where it barely needs any energy to keep a perfect temperature and to, you know, build, grow its own food and farm mm-hmm. the table right from your own living room and all these things. So the technology is here. I think that the spiritually awakening or awoken people, what we have a trouble with is, is the slow timeline in which the, the, the transformation has to take, right? Some people have been awake and hip to all this stuff since the 50s and the 60s. And they're still waiting for the transformation to happen. (laughs) God bless their hearts because I couldn't imagine having to wait that long and having to watch this much ignorance continue on for this long, right? Um, But I I really do think that uh, consciousness and love and all these things that sort of took their first big uprising in the 60s and then quieted down for (laughs) for the 80s and 90s and 2010s, they're making a serious comeback right now. Yeah, we've got a new a new revolution going on. It's it's kind of fun actually. <laughs> well, this has just been so much fun. It's just been great. I um do you want to say anything about people working with you or purchasing how how would people work with you? Oh, absolutely. So feelgoodhemp.org is where we have all of our products and uh, we keep it simple. We just have three core products, a balm, a tincture and some soft gels because we're all about keeping it simple and just getting you like an effective dose of CBD without any of the gimmicks or the additives or the nonsense. Um, and because my wife and I, uh, you know, she's a sound healer, yoga teacher, and I'm this life coach, spiritual business life coach that been making content since 2008. Um, we created an entire library of free courses. Uh, it's called feelgoodlibrary.com and you can get to it from either of our sites, but it's, it's there for you to use. Um, because we truly believe that to help people feel good naturally, we need to offer more than just more than simply CBD. It's, you know, a, there's courses in there about how to release emotional trauma out of your body and, and old emotional hurts. There's court, there's guided meditations in there. There's Kundalini yoga sets specifically for anxiety or depression and mitigating the symptoms. There's, um, all kinds of, there's tapping hacks in there, EFT tapping. I went really far down that rabbit hole and I created ways to use it that I've never seen anyone else teach, even the people who only teach tapping. So I created a whole course called tapping hacks. And it's a great way, again, to reprogram your subconscious mind and to put new beliefs in there that are empowering. And there's all these kinds of resources there to, to really address every layer of your being. Cause like you said, and like healing is multi multi-dimensional. And so, um, for your emotional, your physical, your spiritual, your mental healing, feelgoodlibrary.com has tons of free resources and it's our gift to, to your listeners. So go and check it out. And that's where you can find our products and our courses. That's it's really good. I, I checked out a few of them and I love your, your intro video too. It was very uplifting. The seven levels of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's a great place for a lot of people to start. It, yeah. uh, it really took me a long time to notice that there's sort of a, there's a reason why we don't reach our goals. And if, and if you look at that video, you'll see why that is. And you'll see how you can actually address different areas of yourself and of your life so that you do get what you want out of life. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So we're, we're at the end here, but what message would you like to leave everybody with? Wow. I think a lot's been said in this interview. Um, and what's coming through is, is really just like a message of encouragement. Like I've been on this spiritual awakening path. And like you said, you first, you feel super crazy. I remember walking around Pacific beach, San Diego, uh, thinking I'm the only one who thinks this way. 
oh my god like <laughs> talking to my mother who she's like no no there's there's other people just go to a yoga studio or go you know what i mean go to go to a healing center go to a spiritual center there's lots of people who think this way right so just encouragement to find your tribe encouragement to be part of community encouragement to um to find a guide as well. I think that's so super important. And I noticed that people can end up in the spiritual doldrums. Like I have a guru, a spiritual teacher from India, who's a, a Kundalini Kriya yoga master. And, you know, he's in a body and it's fantastic to have a real guide like that. Because when, when your ego's going nuts and it's doing its last fights where it's like, no, I want control. I want you to feel fear. I want you to stay stuck. I want you to stay limited. And it's figuring out any way it can to make you fall for that trap. Um, it's good to have like a rock who can yeah. be like, no, everything's okay. Literally, <laughs> I remember sometimes I've gone up to my guru and been like, guru, this is wrong and that's wrong and this is wrong. Please guide me. And he literally one time, remember, he just said, he said, everything's fine. It's all Leela. yeah everything's okay and somehow that downloaded to me right because that's the way your guru can work with you um but it's like oh okay they just walk away (laughs) it's all just a divine play we're just here you know (laughs) just keep going get in touch with what's eternal because that's what will get you through right yeah find a find a path and walk it and then when you don't want to walk it anymore keep walking it and and there's going to be those those 40 years in the desert experiences on your spiritual growth path. But if you can weather them and continue and sort of be uh, pragmatic about it, then um, you'll find your way to the other side and you'll find, Oh, suddenly this desert has an oasis. And, and that's really the, the ultimate goal. So find your oasis. <laughs> and, and, and plant your, your hemp seeds there. <laughs> and plant your hemp seeds there. They're going to feed you and keep you well. I love it. I love it. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Thanks good luck for having with, me. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with everything. It's really great to have these conversations and to everybody that's been listening. I hope you're, you're curious now and, and you'll go check some things out, find out what's true for you. Okay. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.